on the other side of your shame is your freedom. And it's not by going past it. There really is no getting around it, but it's by meeting it and allowing it and loving it that you become free. Spirituality gets a lot of side eye these days. And admittedly, some of it is pretty well-deserved. Things can feel a little bit floaty, a little bit out there, and more than a little weird. But I promise, it's not that crazy. It just needs to feel a little more human. And that, my friends, is why I'm here. I'm your host, Caitlin, and my goal is to take the super woo and bring it back down to planet Earth. Whether you're spiritually curious, spiritually closeted, or just a spiritual seeker who's itching to take things a little less seriously, there's something here for you. This is a Soulfire Productions podcast. Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the show. I am unpacking shame today and I'm real excited about it. I feel like that's a weird thing to say. (laughs) I'm excited about shame, but really I'm excited about sharing how far I've come with shame and I'm excited about sharing this and some tools that have helped me get to the place that I'm at with shame and self-judgment and all the things because I really, really want to inspire you to make friends with your own shame. I know that sounds weird, but it's truly one of the most incredible things you can do for yourself to really bring yourself back into wholeness, to really feel integrated, to really reach, you know, the point of true self-love. As corny as it sounds, it's really through meeting our shame that, that we get to that place. And so I'm really, really excited to unpack it today because like I said, it is so massively transformational. I recently had a situation that really showed me how far I've come with shame. So I wanted to share a bit about that and what has helped me get to this point with it because we all carry shame. I know some of us don't like to admit that. I certainly didn't back in the day we shame ourselves, we allow ourselves to be shamed by others, we have parts of ourselves we try to bury in the name of our shame, we even shame ourselves for how we think others might receive us, so it's like a massive clusterfuck, for lack of a better word. And you know, I'll I'll share with you at the end a couple of announcements, offerings, etc. that have to do with this. I think you'll see why they're relevant as we get through the episode, but stay tuned towards the end for that. I'm just going to jump right in. It's actually really funny to me at this point thinking about shame um, because something I used to say all the time when I was younger is I have no shame, literally all the time. That was like my catchphrase, my badge of honor, if you will. But what I really meant was I will willingly do embarrassing things. I will be super loud and, you know, call all the attention to me without much thought about it, you know, what I was doing, how I was embarrassing myself, whatever. But I never really realized at the time that I was a thousand percent lying when I said I had no shame, that I actually carried a ton of it. And later on, I realized that probably most of the things that I would do under this, like, I have no shame banner, they were actually really overcompensating for all the shame that I actually did carry that I just didn't want people to see that I honestly didn't want to look at. And so once I realized I was overcompensating, now this was probably a few years ago, so, you know, relatively recently in the grand scheme, But I ended up shaming myself even more for all the things that I did to hide my shame. It was a clusterfuck. (laughs) Like I said before, I feel like there is no better word that I can think of that really sums up this shame loop that we get ourselves in. But this certain situation that came up recently showed me 
like I mentioned, how incredibly far I have come in my relationship to shame. I am not necessarily going to get into too much detail for the sake of time, but it was the type of situation where I was getting a ton of judgment from others for a choice that I made. But not only did I not shame myself for what happened, I literally was saying to my friend, like, I'm just not even willing to go there because that doesn't serve me. But I also didn't allow myself to dip into shame because of their judgment, um, which was really massive for me. It's so easy for us to dip into shame and self-judgment if we're receiving it from others, particularly people close to us, you know, friends or perhaps family. And I have historically been so susceptible to that the fear of what others think of me, you know, molding myself to be who they want me to be or who I think they want me to be. But in this case, not even for a moment did I dip into shame because I was receiving it from the other. It was so wild, honestly, to witness myself in that and honestly, kind of an out-of-body experience. It was like, I, at this point, love and forgive and accept myself so fully and unconditionally that not even for a moment did I slip into shame. And that is truly power. When you are so deeply integrated, when you can love even the quote-unquote worst parts of yourself, it's like nothing can fuck with you at that point. And it felt so freaking good. And I bring all this up because, like I said at the beginning of the episode, like, We carry so much shame within us, even more, I think, than we realize at times. And certainly it's been my journey that I'm always uncovering deeper layers and deeper layers and deeper layers of ways that I (laughs) have acted or, you know, behaviors that I've played out over the years that actually make me feel very ashamed when I think about them. So... I want to talk about this and share a few things today on this topic, not only to encourage you to meet it head on because it's really not as bad as you think most of the time. And I also want to give you a few things to explore to support you as you start to dive into this because truly on the other side of your shame is your freedom. And it's not by going past it. There really is no getting around it, but it's by meeting it and allowing it and loving it that you become free and that you become fully integrated again. And it's, I still haven't found language, I feel like, to describe this properly, but the experience of moving through life as this fully integrated person is so wild to experience yourself like that. So I I want to like gift that feeling to everyone and, and really encourage you and inspire you and be your biggest cheerleader and your biggest champion to go into it, to do the thing, because you can. And on the other side is this incredible, incredible just different way of feeling in your life and moving through your life. And yeah, I just, I like I said, I want to be your biggest cheerleader. So let's dive into it. If you've been here for a while, you've probably heard me talk about shadow work. I've mentioned it a few times on the podcast at this point. And shadow work really is simply meeting our shame. It's literally going into all the, you know, shadowy corners of who we are, the little parts of ourselves that we kind of hide away and tuck back in there in the hopes that either they'll go away or no one will see them. Because these are the parts of ourselves, the ones that we put in the shadows, these are the parts that we reject. And if we can't love them, then God forbid anyone else sees them and rejects us for them, right? Like that's some of our biggest fear is being unlovable, being rejected. And 
the reality of these parts of ourselves is that they're often really not as bad as we think, even by half. That's certainly been my experience. And I'll say too that that's part of why it can be so healing in partnership to be so fully seen and loved by another. I mean, I'm thinking of a conversation I had with someone that I literally just met at a concert um, a few months ago at this point, but she was talking about her her partner and I just loved watching their interaction. And she was like, you know, I thought that I could not be fully loved. Like I, I thought that there were these parts of myself that I couldn't show to anyone and he loves me even for those and like that's why it's so healing to be in relationships sometimes it's because they give you so much love for all of those parts of yourself that you thought you couldn't love and so it inspires you to love them it allows you to reintegrate them through the love of another but we can also do this by being in deeper relationship for ourselves right or with ourselves rather And as a matter of fact, I actually highly encourage that because you are literally the only person that you're guaranteed to be in relationship with for your entire life. We, you know, society so often conditions us to prioritize how we're received by the other rather than encouraging us to really be in deep relationship with ourselves. But if we can do that, then we come into whatever relationship we enter already whole and complete. Topic for another time. But anyway... Shadow work. I started doing shadow work pretty close to the start of my physical healing journey. I mentioned this, like I said, in previous episodes. My roommate at the time introduced me to Lacey Phillips of To Be Magnetic and her work. And I started with her shadow workshop. At the time, I was just really starting to understand more about, you know, limiting beliefs and the subconscious mind. You can listen back to episode five for one of my really big, you know, first revelations about the subconscious and how that really plays out in our life. But there was something about this shadow workshop. You know, she had a number of different ones at the time, but this shadow workshop really called to me for whatever reason. I think one of the questions that I really asked myself at that time is, you know, what ways am I really holding myself back unintentionally? What am I playing out that is keeping me from realizing my potential in a way? And one of the biggest gifts that I gave myself at that time, and really the first thing that I wholeheartedly recommend when you're starting out with shadow work, you know, going down this path of reintegration is to be willing to look at everything. Um, One of the things that this workshop asks you to do is get feedback from trusted people in your life. I don't remember the exact phrasing of it, but basically asking to have them kind of reflect back to you your shadowy qualities. And when I asked for that feedback, I made the commitment that whatever came up, I would look at it. It didn't matter if I agreed with it, didn't matter what the feedback was, I would look at it. And I cannot emphasize enough how much that has served me. Like things that I would have completely dismissed had I not committed to looking at everything and so would have robbed myself of the opportunity to integrate that aspect. An example that comes to mind is one of the friends, when, the first time I did this workshop, I did it multiple times, but she was like, you're really competitive. And I was like, I'm not competitive. <laughs> no way. Uh, but when I looked at it, I actually found that there was some truth to that. And I would have you know, robbed myself of that, that opportunity to integrate that aspect of myself had I not been willing to take a look at that competitiveness that she had reflected back. And that's kind of the point, right, is we push away 
that part and deny it even to ourselves. So if someone reflects it back to us, we often will be like, no way, I'm not like that. But again, I think this has kind of been hinted at, but like that rejection is often a clue that there's actually some truth to it. And so I really, really invite you and encourage you to look at everything, no matter what it is, because I think you'll find more underneath it than you would be initially willing to admit. And so aside from this willingness to look at everything, (laughs) no one is shocked. The next things that I want to mention that are really helpful in this shame conversation have been aspects of human design. And first and foremost, I've talked about this a few times, you know, on Instagram and perhaps even in the podcast, but human design, unlike anything else I've ever experienced before, has given me permission to be all of me. And I have a whole rant that I could go on about, you know, how funny it is that we need permission to be ourselves, but we really do often. But it's been so fascinating to be seen in this way. You know, my first ever human design reading, I was getting permission to be parts of myself that I had put to the side that I felt like society didn't accept. And I was finally reintroduced to these aspects of myself and given full permission to be them fully, to embody them fully. And even this like feeling that I was given these gifts and these qualities for a reason. And so why that matters in relation to shame, it's, I mean, kind of like I just mentioned is like society and and myself and, you know, people around me unintentionally often, but made me feel wrong and no one can make me feel wrong, but, you know, in relationship and in experience with different people and different aspects of society, these parts of myself that, you know, society didn't seem to accept or value, I would push aside in order to be accepted and to be loved or to, you know, be the type of person that I thought would be accepted and successful and loved and all the things. And so I didn't realize that I was you know, not allowing myself to be fully successful and fully loved and fully seen as me by rejecting these parts of myself, by shaming, you know, different parts of myself. One of them that always comes to mind is this little utopian heart that I have. Um, (laughs) I just, I, I mean, that's a topic for another time, but society really made me feel wrong for having this very like utopian dream for humanity. But if I look at those aspects of my chart that give me full permission, it's like, no, that's there for a reason. And so it really is, in a sense, just the the, the whole system itself really is an antidote to shame, I believe, because it gives you such full permission to be all of you. You know, there's a reason that you feel like that and express like that. And so, I mean, y'all know I love human design, so I encourage you to look into that if that calls to you at all. But then two more specific aspects of my design, both within the lines, kind of my profile, but a little bit deeper than just my profile, Um, these two aspects of my lines and how they express within my chart have been massively transformational in how I approach shame. And these are the two that I was really reflecting on in this recent situation that I was like, wow, I actually, I'm just, I'm so good. I'm so good. And specifically, the lines three and five for me. So I am a profile one three, 
And don't worry if you don't know what all that means. But the line three is what I want to talk about in, in relation to this first. And line three is all about experimentation. It's about learning through experience. It's about putting your hand in the fire maybe 17 different times just to see what happens. You know, what other insight and wisdom can you gain every time you do this? And that's not to say you always repeat the same action over and over and over again. But in this specific instance, it was an action that I had taken a few times before. Um, But every time I would take the action, I was gaining a deeper level of insight into myself. And what really struck me after this most recent kind of situation with all the, the projection and shame from the other is like, as long as I'm gaining deeper levels of insight, as long as I'm extracting more wisdom, it's not failure. It's not a mistake. It's just experience. And so that that ability to that that I cultivated by really learning and integrating my third line to treat everything as experience, as feedback rather than mistakes, rather than failures is so massive when it comes to shame because often it's like you know, I'll, I'll just keep using this recent example as the example, for lack of a better word, but it's the idea that we've failed by, you know, repeating this action or the idea that we've made a mistake. But what if it wasn't actually a mistake? What if you gleaned new levels of insight from that same action? That's kind of what I was saying about putting your hand in the fire 17 times and seeing what happens differently each time is, is as long as you're learning from it, as long as you're extracting new insight from it, it's not a mistake. It's not a failure. And so if I'm fully integrated in that aspect, then it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks or, you know, it certainly helps down that road of, of not mattering what anybody else thinks. And the other aspect that I want to talk about is actually the line five. And I am not a fifth line profile. You know, I, I mentioned I was a one three. And again, don't worry if you don't really know what that means if it's going over your head a little bit, but I actually have a dominance of fives in my chart and I'm sure I'll talk about this uh, at another episode or you can hop over to Instagram if you want to learn more about that. But the fifth line is all about projections. So it's projection of the other onto you. It's your projection onto the other. So there's this field that happens where you're kind of vomiting projections onto them. They're kind of vomiting onto you. And something that can happen is you as the you know entity that is projecting outward and being projected onto, you can often stop yourself or like get in your own way by projecting onto yourself by projecting or, or by assuming you know what others are going to project onto you. I feel like that was a little convoluted. But anyway, it's all about this projection field. And I didn't realize for a very long time how significant of an impact this kind of projection field conversation had on me. And then I realized that I had a dominance of fives in my chart and I started to work with that energy of the five and how can I create safety as me, in me, no matter what I'm doing. And and as I journeyed with this fifth line, I mean, it's, it's really a clusterfuck about this kind of projection field. 
and it's all completely driven by the mind, I'll say, or maybe not completely, but mostly driven by the mind because I'm thinking about what they're going to think about me. And so I stop myself or I judge myself or I shame myself. And once I realized that this was happening and started to integrate this fifth line aspect of myself, it became... I am me and I am solid and it doesn't matter what anyone throws on me as long as I am solid in me as me, I'm good. And this again, especially in combination with that third line, like I'm so solid in, I'm experimenting, I'm gaining experience, I'm collecting information, it's all feedback, I'm gaining new levels of insight and I'm safe in whatever time, place, expression I am, I'm free of those projections if I can really insulate myself and and be confident and fully assured as myself, then I am safe. Then I am free. Then it doesn't matter what anybody throws on me because I'm just good in me. I hope that makes sense. I feel like it's a little bit challenging to articulate, but Those two aspects of my chart in particular were so massive, so, so massive in helping insulate me from this shame conversation. And so all of that to say, you know, human design can be such an incredibly powerful tool to help support you in this process of really deconditioning from shame. Like I said, if it's as simple as giving you full permission to be the parts of yourself that you feel like society has made you wrong for or your family has made you wrong for or friends or peers or whoever it is, it's such an incredibly powerful tool to help you decondition, to help you reintegrate and come back into wholeness. So I really wanted to share that because like I said, In that moment when I was met with so much shame from the other, it really was certainly my whole journey, but the the experience and the integration of this third line and the fifth line and the full permission to be me as me at all times, that has made probably the most significant impact on my journey with shame. And so... As always, I invite you to, you know, hop into reading if this piques your interest or hop into Immerse, which is my three-week crash course where we get to start to really integrate and embody kind of the three most important aspects. I also have a fun new little addition that you can add on to a traditional reading, um, three days of Voxer support. So you get to ask your questions and do kind of real-time integration with me one-on-one after your reading, because I know the readings can be so much information and you're like, what the heck do I do with all of this? How do I start to leverage it? And so just a couple of different options for you there. But even if you don't dive into either one of those, which I definitely hope to see you there, but even if you don't dive into any of that, I hope that this has encouraged you to take a look at your shame, to, you know, meet every part of yourself, to start to love every part of yourself. Because like I said in the beginning or beginning-ish of the episode, that really is your power and that really is your freedom to meet love and accept all parts of yourself. So without further ado, what the fuck am I doing? What the fuck am I doing? (laughs) This one, a very recent story a couple weeks ago, actually. I got some impulse tattoos. (laughs) I was just going through this massive... 
I mean, the past 18 months of my life, two years almost at this point, has been a massive transformation period. But there was something about how I was feeling a couple of weeks ago. I really felt like I had closed a certain chapter. And I was literally like crawling out of my skin with the need to make it clear to myself in my physical 3D reality that I had closed that chapter, that I was not the same person that I had been for the past, you know, 30-ish years of my life. And, you know, some of that looked like clearing out old contacts and old photos from my phone. Um, It looked like getting rid of clothes and other things that, you know, felt really energetically tied to that old version of me. But I was like, I need to literally physically make myself look like a different person. And I mean, nothing too extreme there, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to go get tattoos. I had been thinking about a couple of different ones. I still have a a couple more that I'm thinking about actually, but there is a tattoo shop right by my parents' house, like literally a three minute walk from it. And I was at my parents' house at the time. And so I was like, you know, fuck it. I'm just going to go. And I called them asked them if they do fine line tattoos. They said yes. Literally hopped in that day. And as I was in there, I was like, am I actually doing this? Am I actually permanently marking my body on complete impulse? I mean, it wasn't complete impulse because I had been thinking about them for a time, but I got two little baby tattoos completely impulsively that day. And I'm obsessed with them. (laughs) I do not regret it at all. And I do feel like it helped me kind of feel physically different. It really did help me start this new chapter. So I love my impulse tattoos. I'm not necessarily recommending this for everybody, but I'm very happy with my impulsive decision. And my parting snapshot for the episode, who literally made the clock? I was reflecting on time zones the other day, and then I was reflecting on the clock and like why the East Coast is three hours ahead and why there's 60 minutes in an hour instead of something like that would make more sense to me logically like 100 minutes. I don't know. And why are there 12 hours in, well, I guess 24 hours in a day, but why is it in increments of 12 rather than 10? Like who decided this would be a thing? Is it the Mayans? This math has never made sense to me. I mean, logically it does because it all adds up, but why is it 60 minutes? Why is it groups of 12 hours? Why is it 24 hours in a day? Why couldn't we have rounded this up to like things that make more sense like 10? Also, like why is a dozen a thing? Why don't bakers just do like 10? It, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. And I would love to know where it came from. <laughs> so anyway, I hope that was an amusing line of inquiry for you. As always, if you enjoyed today's episode, please share with a friend. If you do on Instagram, you can tag me. I love to see it. Uh, As always, also consider writing a review and leaving a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. It helps me grow the show, get on some more amazing guests. And I'm always so, so, so incredibly grateful to you. And if you take a screenshot and send that over to me before you submit your review, you will get access to my super secret playlist. It's lots of fun. I update it all the time. Just my way of saying thank you for supporting me and supporting the show. And other than that, I hope you have a great rest of your day, an amazing, literally day, even though I just said that, (laughs) an amazing 24-hour period, which makes no sense. And I will see you here next week. Bye. Bye.